40 footer for Ennis. Oh, I got a live one here. <laughs> 10 win season, just the seventh in the history of the program. Dino Babers has delivered on his promises. It's over! It's over! The Orange have won it! Syracuse has won the national championship! This is the Seth Everett Show. Good Monday morning to you. It is Monday, September 9th, 2019. ESPN Syracuse is live and local from now until the cows come home. Six o'clock tonight. Is and then, the of time? course, there's Monday night people. There's Monday night football. What? what again, I have an intro planned. I just Boy, didn't this know was easier on Friday. I just didn't know that the cows came home at six. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> cows come I home. I learned something. Yes. Come on, Huckleberry Finn. Okay, go ahead. Um... <laughs> My name is Seth Everett. Pauly Sebelia is back from his sojourn to Maryland. All right, do we have to do it again? No, is just keep going. Keep going. Here we go. Coming down. Three, <laughs> two, one. Welcome, everybody, to ESPN Syracuse. My name is Seth Everett. Pauly Sebelia is back from his sojourn to Maryland as the Orange continue to lick their wounds. As we will talk to you at 315-437-7644. Plus, a slew of storylines in the NFL. Mike. Goodness, it is good to be a Buffalo Bill. It is lousy to be a New York Jet. It is worse to be a New York Giant. And it's even worse to be a Syracuse Orange fan. Let's welcome in Paulie Sebelia. How was Maryland? It was nice. It's uh, a nice place, right? I've yeah, been there. I love it down there. The, the stadium needs a little renovation, but it, it's nice. And what we saw on the field will hopefully get corrected uh, soon. Yeah, I tweeted this over the weekend, and uh, you know, I'll, I'm not kissing his butt because I mean the guy's getting paid, so it's not like we were begging him to come on the radio show. But uh, how about Dungy for two hours on, on Saturday, just trying to walk the ginger line and not lambaste his team after they had been lambasted? Uh, basically, I, I mean, you know, the one thing about it, you know, mistakes happen, and you want to talk about the fumble by Devito. I, I that that was something that I thought was 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 a, a an unfortunate moment because it took any momentum that you had, gave it right back to Maryland, but they couldn't stop anything. The Maryland, the Syracuse defense couldn't stop anything. They were getting yardage at will. They were scoring points at will. They had forty-two points by halftime. That was a a debacle, and that's Maryland. I I don't know. I I just think that that was a complete breakdown. You, there's not one play. You know, I I told Dungey right before we went on the air for the post game. I said, if there's a play, if they lose that game, then there's a play or a moment or a sequence or something. I would love to break that down with him. How do you break down a blitz? How do you break down a just a complete debacle? Of a game, and that's where you get nervous, because that team's better than that. They're better than they showed, and it was it got uglier and uglier and uglier and uglier from minute one. It was it was not even two minutes into the game, and Syracuse was losing already. There were a lot of things I saw in the game that I, I didn't think I would see from a Syracuse football team this year. The the missed tackles it was horrible in the secondary, which is supposed to be the strong point of this team. Just got picked apart, and I I sat there watching, and I was like, I I thought we were past this point, and this wouldn't happen. The defense was the strong point of this team. That's right. That was the whole idea, and that's what's what, what's alarming. And you know, there was changes. 
you know, changes in the offensive line. So you want to say that affected Tommy? Oh, okay. You're saying that, you know, Dungy had a great point on uh, on Saturday when he said that when when a play is broken and you become a runner, you immediately have to change your mentality and stop looking downfield. And if you watch that play in which DeVito is uh, fumbles, he's hit from behind, he's thinking pass. He's already passed the line of scrimmage. He can't pass, but he's thinking pass. And that's where it's just it's, – it's, you have to teach him that. That's not a talent thing. That's He has to learn that. You know, it's, it's a good thing the opponent gets easier. The, uh, the thing that you got – Come on, that was sarcasm that went completely well, through the room. I know, I, but I, I didn't want to go, does he know Clemson's next? <laughs> I know. <laughs> the thing that people have to realize, too, is that is only his second game starting. You know, Understood. You, you got, it's going to be a process, and it, it, it was such a weird feeling going into this year. It was awesome they won 10 games last year, but everything worked perfectly last year. You had a senior quarterback, you, you know. He stayed healthy. Everything, Florida State was down. Everything worked perfectly for that team last year. And this year, it may be starting a growing process again. And I think they make a bowl game this year. Everything is still on track for the way you want to be that, if you're Syracuse if, if football. You, if your goal is a bowl game, you're, you're, you're going to a bowl game. I mean, if that's the goal, and, and, and again, I, I had no problem with that with the goal. I wasn't drinking Kool-Aid. I wasn't the one thing we have to establish on this show because we what, what, is this our second week or third third week? It feels like an eternity. It feels like we've been doing this forever. <laughs> but we have to establish a couple of ground rules here. We're not negative when it comes to this football team, but we're not fake. If we say something and it's negative or positive, it's because it's real. And that's the difference between the fan that is literally just painting their face and gung-ho and, and, and jolly-ho-ho and whatever pirate slogans you can come up with. The fact of the matter is is that if, you, if, if it looks like a duck and it acts like a duck, it's a duck. And that's pretty much the way this football team looks. But any football team looks. There's no, there's no Jet fan that's walking in and going, well, <laughs> well I, feel, I feel good about our chances. Nobody, and the and the New York Giants, you got to be joking the way they got manhandled by by Dallas. Shows you the value of the preseason because Ezekiel Elliott looked fine on that touchdown. I'm a Steelers fan. It's not a great feeling today. Oh, that was not good. <laughs> that was a, but that was easily a game. The, the two Sunday night games, the Sunday night football and the Sunday night baseball, were so easily turned off. First of all, the U.S. Open final was amazing. There's not enough expletives for how good that was. And the drama and everything, and that ended about 8.45. I flipped on the baseball for 30 seconds, heard Alex Rodriguez, had to turn it off. And then, um, and then I, th- I, I put on the, um, the football game, and I was like, ugh. I, and I had watched. This is my whole thing with Sunday Night Football. I had seen seven hours of football already. Plus, I had seen six hours of football on Saturday. I don't need I don't need your Patriots Steelers. That's not doing anything. And you're not sweetening the deal by telling me we have two games tonight. <laughs> I'm okay with one. And the Broncos Raiders is the probably the one that I'm going to pay attention to tonight, not the other one. I no can't stay up that late. No, because you, you we work. 
Who's staying up? I mean, come on. And Antonio Brown, and I just want to say this one thing about Antonio Brown, because we're going to get to Nate Mink from the Syracuse.com in just a, just about six minutes from now. We, we, the one thing about Antonio Brown, who was released by the Raiders, if you've been living under a rock, and then within like 12 minutes signed with the New England Patriots. <laughs> No, it was like three hours. Yeah, but, but that contract was already in the mail. You know, I mean, the contract was already on a PDF. Yeah. It was already on DocuSign. It was already signed, I think. Yeah. Well, look, I'm going to say this right now. This is an educated guess. This is not a. I don't. I don't have any insight. But I did listen to Boomer Esiason this morning, and I heard because he spoke to Gruden. If, if you don't think that Antonio Brown didn't orchestrate this whole thing, you're kidding yourself. And I understand there's history here. This has happened before, but the the Pittsburgh Steelers did not want to trade Antonio Brown to the Patriots, so they traded him to the Raiders, and they sent him this monster contract, and he goes to the Raiders. And according to Boomer Esiason, on Friday he was fine, and he was practicing with the Raiders on Friday. Saturday he's released. Whatever he did, whatever he says, whatever he does, and and supposedly uh, Antonio Brown recorded a conversation between himself and John Gruden without Gruden's prior knowledge. And in California, that is against the law. I think that's against the law everywhere, no matter what state um, you're in. No, I think in certain states... Can we put the show on hold? <laughs> I think that the... Um, the, uh, <laughs> I wouldn't recommend I th- anybody do that. No, no, no. But I think I think in some states uh, it's it's legal to do so um, if you publish it or something something like that. It, it, it it does vary state by state. But the fact of the matter is, is he committed a crime in posting that on Instagram. And the reality of what we're trying to say is this was all a ploy this was all a trick this was all a plan because now new england gets antonio brown they don't have to give the pittsburgh steelers anything that is that is spygate that is deflate gate that is this gate that gate you want to call it brown gate i don't care what you want to call it it is there is no way the new england patriots didn't pull didn't conspire to make this happen i don't think it happened until late in the game but I also think it's crazy to walk away from that much money if you're if he goes out and gets hurt this year, breaks a leg he loses, and is done. He loses thirty million dollars. It's insanity. But if he goes out and plays like AB, he's going to yep. get that thirty mil next year from the Patriots. Yep. Yeah. He, yeah. He will. Or if if not the Patriots, he can get it from somewhere else. I mean, that, that, that's the fact. He can choose where he wants. Remember, he was traded to the Raiders. He didn't. He didn't. He he got traded, but he, I believe at the end of his deal, he's a free agent. Well, he is now because he got released. He's got a one year deal with the Patriots, right? So I'm saying at the end of this year, even if the Patriots say, you know what, we don't want to invest long term with him, because you got to understand the Patriots' stance in this whole thing too. I don't think they know exactly how far Tom Brady can take them. I don't think they know the answer to that. I know they're saying all the right things, like, you know, Tom Brady's got the job as long as he wants it. And I, I, I get it. He keeps producing. But eventually the well runs dry. So you're not signing Antonio Brown to long-term deals if you're going to break that thing up and start over. And if that is their two, three-year-down-the-road plan, do a short-term deal with Antonio Brown. You don't need to sign him to the same deal. And then if you're every other team in the NFL, start bidding. 
And save your cap room. So if you're the New York Giants, you don't take the $20 million option on the old quarterback so you could draft another quarterback. What team sees Antonio Brown on the free market next year and says, I'm going to take a risk with that? The, oh, the Jets. The Patriots are the only team that I think he, oh. I think he's going to be there for a while. Well, we'll see. Uh, because we'll you, see. Bring a, you bring a young quarterback in, you got the best receiver in the league to throw to. Well, we'll see. Yeah, it, 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 it's definitely possible. All right, so we've got all that. Uh, as far as the Jets are concerned, you know that there's a 99% probability if the, if the road team commits four turnovers on the road, they they lose 99% of the time. The one top 1% time happened to Adam Gase and the Jets. Um, and Sam Darnold, for all of his... You know, superstardom that he's supposedly coming for. Um, he looked like he was just following orders, and Adam Gase doesn't look like a quarterback whisperer, and it doesn't look. I thought his eyes were going to bulge out of his head. That's all I can say. <laughs> That's all I wanted. All I asked as soon as that that uh, game ended, you know, all the late games were starting, and I ran to my phone to go on Twitter because I knew the Jets' Twitter account would air the press conference live, and I just wanted to see what Adam Gase's eyeballs were doing. This is this is what my Sunday was. You are obsessed with his eyeballs. It's like I'm he's the Marty you. Feldman of our time. It is. It is so awkward. <laughs> it, I, I, it feels awkward. Uh, coming up in just a moment, Nate Mink. And one one other thing on 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 the Maryland game. Um, this does not take what could be a real special weekend away from the university. Yeah, absolutely not. University is going to have. Uh, uh, event after event after event after event. It is uh, alumni weekend. It's homecoming. It's all those different things. We've got the big, uh, the big uh, the, the shindig over at uh, at Destiny USA. The Brewfest, the football Brewfest. I mean, there's, there's there's literally countless things everywhere you look in Syracuse. It's a carnival this this weekend, and that should still go on. And for all the people that were crying on social media about college game day. I, 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 I can tell you this. We have to aim higher in our society. We have to want more in our lives than to have a broadcast come to, 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 to do a show from a campus. I don't care. All that would do is cause traffic problems. That's nothing good will come from that. Anyway, uh, Nate Mink from Syracuse.com is coming up in just a moment. We'll take your calls as well. Uh, Syracuse recovering from the Maryland loss. We'll find out. What it was like inside the locker room after that game from Nate Mink. Coming up next, my name is Seth Everett. He's Paulie Sebelia. This is ESPN Syracuse. This is the Seth Everett Show. Hey, folks, don't forget the Upstate Urology Football Brewfest is the best of both worlds for a sports fan. This Friday, September 13th, the Craft Beer Festival and Football, the night before the big Clemson game. The Canyon at Destiny USA will have over 100 craft beer samples, plus autographs and Q&A segments from NFL and Syracuse legends, including the host of the post-game show, Eric Dungy. Also, the greats, Floyd Little, Joe Morris, Donovan Darius, and Don McPherson. VIP and general admission tickets on sale now at footballbrewfest.com. Go to football-brewfest-dot. No, not dash. Footballbrewfest.com for more info and use the promo code ESPN and you get $5 off. All right. Let's welcome in the man, the myth, the legend, Nate Mink from Syracuse.com, brought to you by Oswego County Insurance Agency. Nate, 
the the word that you didn't have in your uh, recap article was bleh. That was the one that that, we, that that was the one word missing from your recap. Tell me, what was the locker room like after that debacle? <laughs> shellact wasn't good enough for you. Yeah, they had to go. Shellact, uh, I like uh, shellact. I like. Yeah. No, I'm I, I'm just saying. I read it. I, the only thing missing was bleh. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so to answer your question directly, we're not actually physically allowed in, into the locker room. They allow kind of a 10, 15 minute cooling off period before players uh, trickle out and we get to talk to them. But, but all you had to really do was read the body language when they walked out of there and, and sure. either boarded the bus or, or came over here. I mean, guys were obviously very, very disappointed uh, with, with the performance that they put out there on Saturday. I mean, it was just not their best football by any stretch of the imagination. And, you know, clearly I think the message delivered to them in the locker room by the head coach uh, was, you know, it's, it's time to, to focus in on yourselves and, and pay attention to the fundamentals and, and you know, maybe, maybe start listening to what we're, we're telling you because, you know, clearly, you know, Saturday was a wake-up call, I think, for a lot of those guys. You know, there's one thing about, you know, say, saying that Josh Jackson seemingly could do whatever he wanted in that game. Uh, I saw the quote uh, from one of your guys' stories. Uh, Andrew Armstrong said, there's no excuses for tackling. There was a, a lack of tackling, and this defense is better than that. that I think that's the, 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 the frustrating thing is no one looks at the talent on the, on, the, on the defensive line and just the defense in general and doesn't think that, yes, there is a change at linebacker, but there's some real talent on that roster. Here, here's the way I look at it, guys. Uh... You know, football, you, you prepare all week, really all year, for 12 games. And the only thing people remember, hours of work is poured into essentially a stage where you perform for three and a half, four hours. And that's all anyone recognizes. And, and quite frankly, you know, some weeks you just get stung. You just get beat. You don't put your best effort out there. And... It was it was it was that kind of a day for Syracuse. Maryland, to their credit, came out with an exceptional game plan. I mean, they knew exactly how they wanted to attack Syracuse's defense. They wanted to negate the, the talented defensive line and negate the pass rush and challenge those those young, those linebackers and those defensive backs to cover and tackle and space. And you know, they jumped out to they jumped out on them early and. You, you combine that with, with the early turnover and, and the, the touchdown off the, uh, the fumble by DeVito, and things just really snowballed, and they never really even got a chance to really punch back because they were just on their heels throughout that first half. And then, and then by the time they went into the locker room, it, you, know, you look up and it's 42-13, to 13 and uh, you're, not, you're not recovering from that. No, there's no, no no question about it. I watched the YouTube of uh, Tommy DeVito's uh, press conference, and we're talking with Nate Mink from Syracuse.com, if you're just joining us. Um, and he had that – he wasn't smiling. He wasn't laughing, but he had that nervous laugh. Like, like he was tr- struggling coming up with the answers. And I asked Eric Dungy after the game how difficult those press conferences are. He knows the mistakes that he made. And the biggest one was the fumble to me where – even though he's past the line of scrimmage, he's still looking pass. And he's always thinking pass. He's never thinking run. Is that something that that coaches have talked to you about? Have you talked to him about this? Maybe not Saturday after the game, but in the time that you've covered this team this year? 
No doubt. I mean, he, he kind of laid that expectation out since the preseason. I mean, he was asked point blank uh, at ACC Media Day in July uh, down in Charlotte, um, and, he, and he, he said, you know, I'm a, I'm a pocket passer. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look to throw first. He is, not, he is not going to look to run as frequently as Dungy had run the last, you know, three, four years. I mean, this is, this is a different player, and he uses his legs – much the same way. I think he looks up to Aaron Rodgers a lot, quite frankly. And, and Rodgers obviously has an escapability to him, but his eyes are always downfield. And I think Tommy plays a very similar way. When he's flush from the pocket, uh, his eyes are still staying downfield, looking for that big throw downfield. And, you know, I think that's an adjustment to some degree for some of these receivers right now. I mean, they were used to playing with a quarterback for a couple years who – when he when he got flushed from the pocket, he was looking to make a play. I mean, he was looking to to, to get out in in space and 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 try to do some damage with his legs. So I think there's an adjustment on the fly that you're witnessing with the receivers and the quarterback still trying to get on the same page. You know, the scramble scramble drill, whatever you want to call it, uh, needs to needs to be looked at and needs to be worked a little bit. But you know, this is still uh, largely a, a, a first-year starter, a quarterback, getting a feel for things out there. He's got to be uh, more aware of when maybe it is appropriate to, to tuck the ball and, and try to get four, five, six or more yards just on the ground. And, you know, sometimes that's the better play than, than trying to just scramble and either throw it away or, or, uh, or try to force a throw somewhere. You know, second and, second and six, second and five is a lot better than second and ten. And I think, as, you know, DeVito gains more – you know, game reps, you know, he might look to make different choices out there. Well, and that's the thing, you know, I don't want to kill the kid, and I don't think anyone is. You know, everything I'm reading and everything I've heard and all the social media I've looked, no one's no one's jumping off his bandwagon. I still think the world of him. I think what's noticing is we have to temper our enthusiasm. And Paulie made a great point, and it might have been his only great point the whole week last week, but the reality is, is that you're dealing with a first-year starter, whereas last year when you won 10 games, you had a senior and a third-year starter. And what a difference that makes that when it's all said and done about Tommy DeVito, this is not the script that we're going to be seeing week in, week out as he gets better. Unfortunately, it just gets harder from here. Oh, there's there's no reprieve in the schedule this week. Now you have a couple opportunities later in the month to really regroup and and get comfortable out there. But you know, the, the, I would also raise the point that you know it's not just and I get it. There's a natural tendency to to lock in on the quarterback, but you know, a lot of parts need to be in uh, congruent here at the same time. You know, it's not helping that the offensive line has continued to have this merry-go-round effect uh, that's really dated back since the summer where that they're still, you know, tinkering with their lineup and they're in there. Some of those tackles are getting comfortable uh, playing for the first time. Like I said, the receivers hadn't been uh, consistently in the lineup throughout the preseason camp. So, you know, there are guys around the quarterback position that are still getting comfortable, still uh, getting caught up to speed. And then when you combine that with a first year player who I think has, has, waited multiple years for this opportunity and very, very anxious and eager to make a strong impression after kind of waiting in the wings for a couple of years. You know, I think you're, you're seeing just a lot of, of, I, I, I don't want to use the word dysfunction because I, I think, 
you know, I think it's just natural growing things. I think that's the best way to do it. The guys are just still learning how to play together, and that's just not the receivers and the quarterbacks. I think that's largely the, the offensive line as well. Nate, I noticed something that I don't know if uh, Coach Babers mentioned it or anybody talked to you about it. DeVito had three fourth down plays in that game where he didn't try and make a play. He threw the ball away on fourth down, where if you're quarterback at fourth down, you got to make a play in that situation, right? Yeah, I mean, again, I think that goes back to just getting comfortable, seeing situations uh, live for the first time, making better choices once you review the film. I mean, I think, you know, he's seen some of these things pop up for the first time. And, uh, you know, if you raised it with Dungy, uh, if you haven't raised it with Dungy, I'd be, I'd be curious to hear his take. But he was he was obviously not shy about wanting to do things on his own. And I think Tommy is, is really just trying to play within himself right now and and do what he's do what he's most comfortable with and you know maybe he needs to maybe he does need to be a little bit more aggressive in the running game or or or, you know otherwise you're going to see similar results but you know it's a it's a feel thing and i think you know these are obviously above all just teaching moments that are going to help them moving forward this year yeah, there's no no question about it, and we're we're talking with Nate Mink from Syracuse.com here on ESPN Syracuse. Um, all right, now we know who's here. We know it's Clemson, and all the bright lights and the national television and the fancy Sean McDonough and everything else that's coming along with the Clemson game. How does this team react to that? And what was the chatter that you were able to? And obviously, Dino's press conferences later on today, but. From a player standpoint, everybody knows the big elephant in the room, and they have a lot of things to address really, really quickly. Yeah, I think if there was any pretense that they were able to, and I think this is what Saturday showed, that any any sort of pretense that they were able just to roll off the bus and walk into a to an environment and, and win just based on uh, believing they have better talent uh, isn't it rings hollow isn't true anymore. I mean they got to really hone in and lock in on the fundamentals that that you know got them some of those upsets in previous years. You know going back to Virginia Tech and, and Clemson when they were at a personnel disadvantage because you know if they didn't believe they were at a personnel disadvantage last week against Maryland, you know I don't think there's many people who are going to give them the edge going into this matchup against Clemson. I mean they are they are going to be up against uh, a, a team that has better athletes, better speed across the board. So they really need to hone in on sort of the, the day-to-day work and, and the day-to-day goals and, and make sure they're, they're getting back to the basics, you know, honing in on, on themselves, you know, what their base offense, what they can run and feel most comfortable with. Obviously, on the defensive side of the ball, you know, making, taking better angles um, on the back end and, and obviously getting on the same page and, Obviously, tackling is going to be a key focus, I think, this week. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think that – you know, I, I don't want to overreact to what I saw Saturday, and I think there's a tendency to do that. Again, I think each week is a season in and of itself, and I know that's a little bit of a cliche, but, you know, I think they're going to take a hard look. Uh, they know they're going to have to uh, uh, put out a good game plan, and then they're going to have to go out and execute that game plan. And, you know, I don't think it can be the same game plan – that they rolled out there the last couple of years against Clemson when they beat them and they played them close. I think Clemson is going to be prepared, has been thinking about this game for uh, just as long as Syracuse has. And, <laughs> and, you know, they're, they're thinking, they're thinking 15 and zero and a national championship again. 
and they are going to come out and be ready to play in a primetime national TV, TV spot. They know that's, a, that's, a, that's an opportunity and a, and a stage for their program just as much as Syracuse believes it's an opportunity and stage for its program. No question. No question about it. Um, Nate, great job as always. Uh, we'll see you this weekend. And uh, make sure you save a seat next to you because I promised I was going to sit next to you and hassle you pretty much the whole first half this, this Saturday. Yeah, I can't wait. You can bring oh, me bring me a birthday gift. That's thirty one today. Oh, happy birthday! See that? If we had known, we would have baked you a cake. We didn't know. Happy birthday, thirty one. Thirty one, huh? You can get into magazines like that. Puzzlesny year. I'll let you guys figure that one out. <laughs> Goodbye, Nate. That is uh, Nate Mink, the birthday boy, brought to you by Oswego County Insurance Agency. If you're looking for a birthday gift for Nate Mink, call the Oswego County Insurance Agency. Uh, to be thirty one again. I know, right? <laughs> no, he's thirty-one. No, he, he he's no. He, he looks you know, younger than not, that. He's but no, but he, he you can tell by his writing he's not twenty-four. You know what I mean? Like there's a difference in what he, this is not his first gig out of school, and he's thirty-one, and you can tell uh, by the way he covers the team. Does a great job. All right, three one five four three seven seven six four four. If you're in panic mode, you can call us next. My name is Seth Everett. He's Paulie Sebelia. This is ESPN Syracuse. This is the Seth Everett Show. Good for Syracuse to have a uh, a home game coming up. Two road games to start the season throws Pauly Sabilia off all, all out of whack. Yeah, dude, that's not how that's not how you like to start a season. Like you're ready for road trips, but not two right off the bat. No, and you know it screwed up my timing because I was going to bump back with something there, and I screwed it up. I didn't See, play I'm it. telling you, you're off your game. I can play it now for you if you want. Sure, let's let's do it. Let's go back and relive the Buffalo Bills come from behind victory against the New York Jets. Josh Allen alone in the backfield takes the snap. Looks down the middle. Looks left. Looks for John Brown. Gets separation. Makes the catch at the 10 into the end zone. Touchdown! There's a flag on the play. Touchdown, Buffalo. Oh, boy. That's uh, Bills Radio Network. Over there. You can hear um, that on K-Rock, our sister station. How about that? K-Rock, yes. K-Rock is not, yeah, okay, I'm not going to say this on the air. I'm going to embarrass myself, but yes, yes, you can. Uh, and the Buffalo Bills came from behind. I, I mean, the stat that blew me away was four turnovers on the road. Teams have lost 99% of the time. In NFL history, I would guess that's probably very similar at home too. No, but for, right, but I would say that I would say the number. I, I don't have the number, but I would say the number is like ninety in, at home yeah. because at home there's more comebacks. You really have to try to lose a game if you yep. have gotten four. You're plus four in the turnovers, and the Jets uh, they they missed an extra point and a field goal. And if you think about it, when they're up sixteen <laughs> ten, I mean if they're up twenty to ten, yep. It's it's a two touchdown game. It's a totally different game, and it was just strange. Still, uh, Darnold had the ball with I think it was before the two minute warning, after Buffalo had scored that touchdown. So there's I I believe three minutes left in the game, and Darnold has the ball, and they were two change of possessions, and that's what I was like. This is why this season is off to a slow start. Besides the fact that there are so many blowouts. And there were a couple of good games. You know, Seattle was a, a real thriller of a game, the 21-20 over Cincinnati. But so many games where 
here you have this quarterback, right? And you, we could say the same thing about the Cleveland. But you have this quarterback, and he's coming out, and this is supposed to be all world, right? And you brought in Adam Gase because he is supposedly this, this great guy with quarterbacks. And a lot of people think that's a big myth because what did he ever do with Ryan Tannehill? What did he do with Chad Pennington? And what did he do with Peyton Manning? That Pey- like, like, Peyton Manning was... He didn't teach Peyton Manning anything. <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? You don't have to teach Peyton Manning anything. That's what I'm saying. So, so, so Peyton Manning is vouched for this guy, and he comes out, and he's supposed to be a quarterback whisperer. That's what they say. He brings the best out of quarterbacks, and given the fact that the Jets have this franchise quarterback that was a gift because the Giants... Uh, because the Cleveland Browns uh, didn't want to take Saquon Barkley, um, you know, so the Giants wound up taking Barkley, leaving Darnold at number three, and they get Darnold, and he's supposedly this 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 future star, and he's got three minutes, and I'm not talking about he has to win the game. I, I'm not I'm not one of those blanket hosts like that, but what I could say is, show me some leadership, like throw a ball twenty. 20 yards and just get me close to field goal range. That's all I'm asking. And I just, I was shocked. And I don't want to hear that it was the Buffalo defense because the Buffalo defense was also trying to give the Jets the victory in the first half. So I, I just, I thought it was very strange. I think it's also strange that the Bills are going back to Buffalo when they have to go right back to the Meadowlands for Saturday's, for Sunday's game against the Giants. I thought that was strange. It's couldn't a, they find a? Couldn't they find a week? It's a forty-five so, minute flight, dude. They're all right. <laughs> I just thought it was strange. Like, can you leave something there? Do you, you think they left some equipment? If the, the radio people should just leave it set up, right? Do you think the radio people just said, "Here, just can you put this in a, in a room? <laughs> just leave this here." That's what I'm. That I'm. That's what I'm always thinking about. I always think about things like that. I because you know I know I know the inner workings of like. NFL and, and and you know NBA and, and and Major League Baseball travel, and I'm always interested in how tr- how teams travel. Um, but nonetheless, the Buffalo Bills and I, I'll tell you this: the Buffalo Bills have a legitimate shot to go a- out two and zero on their young season. And uh, who knows? That's some that's something nobody was expecting. Yeah, they. They looked they looked terrible, but the Jets look terrible too. So like I'm not going I'm not going out on a limb and saying they're going two and zero. Nope. I'm nope. not touching the Bills at all. Uh, I didn't see it, but I saw a couple of highlights. Uh, Eagles Redskins did, did that catch your fancy? Because um, I'm I'm wondering whether or not the Eagles are legit. They had some trouble with the Redskins. They were trailing at halftime, big time, and they came from behind. Not like a 1999 percent comeback, but it was a comeback nonetheless. Yeah, I did not see any of the game, but they were down, and I was watching the the, the updates come, and here they, you know, the Redskins aren't very good. So, but I, that's the thing, uh, right? The Redskins aren't very good, but but you know, neither are are the Eagles, or 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 are they? You know, it's the same thing I'll say about Dallas. You know, Dallas looked really impressive. I will say this: the Dallas Cowboys look very, very impressive. I won't say the same thing about the Eagles, but then again, I saw a lot of the Dallas game and I didn't see the much of the Eagles. Yeah, 
I am uh, going to talk to you right now in radio terms. We got to be out at fifty-one twenty here, so we might. Yeah, so I just understand. go right up to the. Beds. Okay, can I say one more thing? Minnesota beat Atlanta twenty-eight to twelve. The highlight of that game, halftime, the Revolution played. Remember Prince and the Revolution? Yeah. The Revolution played halftime of the Vikings-Hawks game. This is ESPN Syracuse. This is the Seth Everett Show. Hey, back here on ESPN Syracuse. All right, so we got a big week. We'll get set for Clemson. We're going to get excited for this. Uh, Last night, in a game that was watched by probably nobody, uh, the Yankees beat the Red Sox uh, again. And the Red Sox are having a rough go of it. Look, they're out of it. But they won the World Series last year, and they've won the AL East the last three years. And they fired their team president, their, uh, their, their Dave Dombrowski, guy who's got a World Series with the Marlins. He took the Tigers to the, to, to the brink uh, and also won a World Series with the Red Sox. It's absurd to think that that was the breaking point, like a random Sunday night game. <laughs> well, and I think they look at their, their payroll, right? Well, no, no, no. It, it, it's not that. Fire him at the end of the year. That, that, that's my whole point. It's September 9th. Like, it's very childish to fire him on a Sunday night in a random note after the game. And all the players acknowledged it, and the official release came out this morning. And it just makes it, 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 it don't, you're not fooling anybody. And that's, that's, that's kind of the, the, the argument there. Um, stay tuned. Coming up in just a moment, the centers of attention. That is Eton Thomas and Danny Shays. Got a chance to see those guys uh, recently, and uh, they will come up at 11. We're live and local until 6, so don't go anywhere. ESPN Syracuse. He's Paulie Sebelia. I'm Seth Everett. Stay tuned. We will be back right after this. <laughs> 